Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. Lord, we thank you so much for who you are as we get into your word. Pray you help us. We need your help. We need you to help us get out of every place we're stuck, every place we're stopped, every place, Lord, that is dark. We need you to shine a bright light, uh, a light so bright that we can see where we're supposed to go. I rebuke that spirit that says we'll live a purposeless existence, a meaningless existence. That spirit that whispers that life is not worth living, it's not worth finishing school, going to work, this is dismal, I'm lost, and there's no remedy spirit. I pray that we can see exactly what you came to do, to seek and save the lost. We bless you and we thank you. Now, Lord, I ask that you would speak to me and through me, that you would think through my mind and speak through my mouth. Let the words of my mouth and meditation in my heart be accepted on thy sight. Lord, you're my strength. You are my redeemer. And be glad, joyous, happy, redeemed heart. Say amen. Give God praise, whether you're at home on a couch, in a car, or in the sanctuary. He's worthy. He's worthy. I said he's worthy. He is worthy. He's really worthy. He's so worthy. He's worthy of your praise. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank that band and worship team. They just did an amazing job. They just took us to a place that was awesome. You know, today as we get going, I, I feel like the symbol on the stage is the appropriate symbol for us to start our new series. I hate stoplights. Notice they're not called go lights. They're stoplights. Because it's really natural for me to go, but it's really unnatural to stop. And whenever I see that light, I'm always anticipating something that would stop me. Something that's trying to slow me down, so I'm unmoving. I'm not in motion. Feels like 2020 didn't just tell us to slow down, it told us to stop. Stop going, stop working, stop visiting, stop worshiping together. Sometimes it just feels like they just say, stop living. You parked at a light. If you, if you say parked at a light long enough, there's this thing, this clock that goes off that says, is that light broken? And I know it's none of you have done what I'm about to say. None of you have done it. Been at that light, looked around, just goes too long. 
and you're thinking to yourself, I've been down this road, I, I know what's going on, and I'm not going to look at the light anymore. I'm going to think about where I want to go, and I'm just going to go. Yellow, I'm going through the yellow and I'm going through the red because I'm changing it myself. There's this thing, we would love to have the power over the light. But perhaps we are so conditioned to looking at the signals and signs that man uses to keep us safe or to control us that we're unable to see the signs that God is giving us that perhaps are not red and are not yellow. They are not saying stop. They are not saying slow down. What are they saying? And I believe as we get into the book of John over these next several weeks, as you read it at home, perhaps you will get that clue that I received it says just what type of a light is shining to us today. Let's look at John chapter 1, verse 1. And I think for the volume of things I want to say, let's read from 1 to verse 14 together to have some context to what the Lord is about to do for us. I'm going to say ready and you're going to read. We put the words up on the screen. Ready? Read. Some things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and this life was a light of men. The light shines in darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Verse 6. There was a man sent from John. Who's go. To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. But born not of the blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, nor the will of God. I, I love this, and if you, you, if you were going to book in verse 1 and, 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 and verse 14, they, they, they kind of go together. I'm going to put the end of what we're studying and the, be, and the beginning of what we're studying together, and we'll go through the uh, word. Verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Um, he was in the beginning with God. I, I see some very important distinctions here. Whenever I hear about the beginning, I think it's the beginning, but he's not talking about the beginning. He's talking about what happened before the beginning. He's talking about the pre-existence of God. And if God was 
uh, not just in the beginning, he was before the beginning, he was shaping what the beginning was. He's looking back toward Genesis and telling you, you need to go further than Genesis, even though Genesis is called the book of beginnings. And it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Sometimes we forget God was before the beginning. He was before anything was created. So therefore, if God was in the beginning, he was uncreated. If therefore, if God was in the beginning, he is not finite, but he is eternal. Therefore, if God was in the beginning, which he actually absolutely was in the beginning, that he is, um, he is sitting outside of existence, sitting outside of time, sitting outside of age, sitting outside of corruption. In order to actually comprehend God, you must comprehend him independent of the finite nature of his creation. One of the things that troubles humanity is that we want all of the scientific proof about who God is and how he exists. But when we get to a scientific dead end, instead of saying there is God, we say like the stoic philosophers of that day, there is the universe. There is the intelligent designer. There is the, 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 the great cosmos. There is the, the, the ordering of intellect, the ordering of things. They were not necessarily denying God, but they won't name him God, and they won't name him the Son of God, and they won't name him Jesus. They'll just come to an end and say, that's big. The world seems to have forgotten as if at a red light, who the light of the world is. The world seems to have put him in a category of a force or a created being or just a religious figurehead. But somehow he is not, even the Jewish community would call him the word. Remember, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So so, so you see a couple of, of things here. He was in the beginning, before the beginning, he was pre-existent. Then he was uh, with God. So that shows you the Godhead. That shows you God the Father. Next shows you God the Son. In them both being of same nature, of same es- essence, of same eternity, of, of same quality. Because we believe in one God eternally existing in three persons. This is John. This book of John is giving us a treatise for this reality. And then he says that he, he just was God all by himself. He was self-existent. That means he's omnipresent, you know, om, omni, omniconscious. He's, he's omnipower. He just is. Why is this important? Because if you don't believe he is all of these things, the light will not come on. Because if you don't believe he's all these things, you'll never comprehend verse 14 when it says that word that was God, that was with God, and that was God became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and full of truth. If you don't understand the deity of God and you only want to deal with the humanity of God, you, you'll, you'll never understand uh, 
him. You'll never understand your need for him. I want the light to turn for all of us. Many times we say we believe, but we don't know what we believe. And we don't know why we believe it. And when you don't know what you believe and why you believe it, it is easy for someone to bend your ear toward a direction that is just universally accepted. You stop believing in God the creator and you start believing in in evolution. Because obviously your teacher is right and obviously your Bible is wrong. But before you've got any material to so-called bang together, you've got God. The Bible makes it further clear in verse 3, all things were made through him. All things were made through him. There's nothing that is created. There's nothing that you can see that was not made through him. Nothing. No sun, no moon, no stars, no energy. Nothing. No heaven, no demon, no angels. God himself, because he has pre-existed, is uncreated. He's the uncreated creator. And without him was not anything made that was made. No one can claim in the other universe that's where that's nothing that ever entered your mind that exists, exists independent of God the Word, God himself. The Bible says all things were created by him and through him and for him and was not anything made that was made. The Bible says in Proverbs 8 that, that wisdom was the craftsman by his side. He was his daily delight. He was there before, before he even made the foundations of the earth and gave the sea a decree, go this far and no more. Why is it important for you to understand the pre-existence of God, the, the, the coexistence with God, the self-sufficiency of God? Because if you don't believe that, you won't understand. If you don't understand his deity, his humanity will become his deity. But he was fully God. And verse 14 said, he became man. Or he also manifest himself as man. He is not being created. He is being revealed. The light is changing. I know we've been stuck at a red light not perceiving exactly how great this God is. But I pray that the light would switch to green. Why do I talk about the light? Because verse 14 says, in him is life. And this life was the light of men. He's not just talking about bios, biology, microorganisms. He's talking about something much broader that zoe, that life principle, that guiding energy force, force that, 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 that realm, that, that radiance, that illuminance 
even in the beginning, remember, he said, you have to imagine it like this in Genesis. He says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and void, and darkness was on the place of the deep, and spirit moved upon, upon the waters, and God said, let there be light. So let me give you another way to say it. Because in him was light, life and life. So basically what he said is, life in me, light in me be. Because I am light. And I am life. And, and my life and my light, my energy, my radiance, uh, my principle, my life-giving principle permeates everything. I'm all in all. I'm not like the Stoics who thought I was impersonal and I was just a force. I'm not just before everything was created. I'm in everything that was created. The light must come on. Because when you don't perceive the word of life and light, you won't perceive his humanity because you deny his deity. His, his humanity is only being revealed to you because he already was eternally the son of God. He is manifesting himself or revealing. And this is what it means to be like, to illuminate, to make clear, to make bright. Perceive a lot of us are stuck in a red light because we reject the truth about God. How can you live when you're constantly saying what God is not and what he cannot do? He's not stopping you with a red light. You stopping you with a red light. Because the truth that is revealed is being rejected. He is the light. He is always the life principle. They made the mistake of giving the credit to the sun, but before the sun was here, but the sun was created days later, the light was here. He created light first. Light in me be. He manifests himself within the creation before everything else. He's making it impossible for you to miss him. I know that the world has told you he's so mysterious you can't find out, but he's made it so evident. You get the green light when you believe the word of life. You believe he's God. You believe he, he, he's part of the Godhead. You believe he's self-sufficient. He's all in all. I love how the, the fourth verse, what does the fourth verse say? It says, put that fourth verse up. In him was life, and this life was the light of men. It's like, I, I would if I was trying to figure out a little cartoon or something, it's like he put himself so around you that when you breathe, you got to think about God. When you look, you got to think about God. When you hear sound, you've got to think about God. When you feel, you've got to think about God. 
When someone creates something, you have to think about the uncreated creator who created all things for you to create, and you have to think about God. He's trying to turn your red to a green. Because when you believe in his deity, you will be able to see the manifestation clearly of his humanity, that he was fully God. And fully man and eternally the Son of God come to rescue man. Many of us believe that this lie that, that God comes to the world and he wants to kind of like make you miserable and you say, you can serve in a Christian, you can, you're not even alive. I don't even feel good. You can't do nothing. God don't show up when you want him to show up. And, and the enemy tries to get you to make the good God has given darkness. Let's prove verse 5. He said, the light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The enemy, the prince of darkness, who lives in darkness, who promotes darkness, is constantly trying to obscure the light. But it's so much light everywhere. That even when you're drunk, if you haven't been around somebody drunk, they will start preaching the Bible better than the preacher. It's like the light come up. Boy, I'm tired, tired but you're good. You start saying, man, you need to get drunk. Or the word come out of you. When you're not. It doesn't matter. In the depth of your addiction when your mind is half crazy he's still the author of your cells and he can still illuminate himself to you he can come through your high he can come through your low he can come through your brokenness he can come through your self-centeredness or your pride he can just come through it all and say i am that i am and i want to save you darkness cannot defeat him darkness when first introduced, was defeated in Genesis. He said, you know what I want to do for darkness? Light. I'm going I'm to give to this heavens and to this earth and to this universe, I'm going to give them me at a level that's undeniable. It's unchanging. This is why the word of God is so powerful and you and I cannot reject, reject it. That's what the Bible says, the power of life and death is in the tongue, and they that love it would eat its fruit. That's why he could curse a fig tree and it can wither up. That's why he said, if you could say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and don't doubt in your heart, but, but believe what you say, it shall come to pass. It's not your words, it's your confidence that you understand the word of life and the life principle that's in him. When you begin to understand that everything that is, is made of him and you're on his side, you can begin to speak to things. You literally can speak to your cancer. You can speak to the cells in your body. You can speak the word over them, and the creator of all things can tell your cells to align with his will. He can regenerate you, renew you, and strengthen you. This is not a demonic plan. This is not a trick of your mind. This is how the power of the word of God works. Let the light come on.
sorry for yelling. Just happened naturally. When you reject the word of life, you at a red light, stuck. You don't know how he is. Pastor James, he's a miserable man. Can't do nothing. I'm just going to have to leave him. I know y'all got no ordinary love, but he's just, I know you said life groups, they're not going to help us. You preaching darkness. I got to tell you, he who begun to work in your marriage, can, he can bring it to completion. He said it wasn't good for man to be alone. That's why he can put you in a life group so you can have life. Don't reject it. Whose words are you going to speak? Love this seemingly out-of-place text that happens in verse 6. It seems to have nothing to do with the first part of what we're saying. Verse 6 says this. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. What do you do? So what? Why do we care about John? We talk about the word of life. He came as a witness to bear witness about the what? That all might believe through him. John has a lot to do with us because he's given us a model of what you do when you recognize the word of light. When you recognize who he is, you're automatically a witness. You automatically can testify. You automatically can can prophesy. You automatically can re help reveal who Jesus is. Verse 8. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. You know, I love how he, the, he says in this book he wasn't the light because at the time uh, when he was out in the wilderness baptizing people, um, they, they asked him, who are you? They said, are you the Christ? He said, no, I'm not the Christ. They said, well, are you Elijah? He said, no, I'm not Elijah. Are you a prophet? He said, no, I'm not a prophet. They said, who are you? Well, I'm, I'm the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare ye, ye, ye either way. But we knew he was coming in the spirit of Elijah. He, he, you know, we knew that he was the last prophet that, I mean, the, the first prophet that's spoken since Malachi. We, 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 we know all these things about him, but yet he seems to have, he's just really, focusing on highlighting the light and not him. Now, we know that Jesus said, this is the greatest man born a woman. He was born with the Spirit, born with this great assignment, yet he has nothing to boast about himself. You know, it's funny that when I'm talking to people and sometimes I'm witnessing, I'm, I can lean into my own wisdom. I can lean into my own press. I can lean into my own greatness. I can lean into my own intellect. And sometimes it's interesting to us only to talk to the people who we feel more intelligent than or who we feel superior to so that we can feel good about ourselves. But what I love about John is it wasn't in his dress that attracted people to him. It, it was just the message that attracted people to him. You know, you know this, this, this challenged my theology because, you know, I, I believe, the, you know, one of the things you dress to the nines, but John the Baptist had some, some skins on, a leather belt, and eating grasshoppers. Now, you know 
I'm not following him. He don't dress right. But when you're a witness, when you actually get the light, and when you understand your assignment, you have to bear witness to the light. You know, John told them he was at, and then the scripture says the next day he saw Jesus coming. He said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the man I told you about whose sandals that I'm not worthy to, to unlash. He talked about him needing to decrease that he could increase. The disciples began to, to follow him. But later on, the Bible says that, that John you know, he, he, saw, he said, the way you know the Messiah, the Lord told him, the one whom the Spirit descends on like a dove and remains, he said, he's a mind. So he gave him an illumination. He gave him clarity. He gave him vision. And he could see the Messiah. But later, you know, he's preaching, doing the will of God, the, the work of God. And he was challenging the king, uh, Herod, at some time because he had married his brother's sister, Herodias. And, 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 they, and he didn't like that. And they locked him up. Don't you feel like, how, how do you have the ultimate green light? You've got the revelation and everything. And now, God lets you get locked up. You slow down from your mission. You're doing the right thing. You're getting the wrong results. Now, he's in prison. He's been there, we know, about 12, some say 12 to 18 months in jail. And what happens to believers when you have had a high revelation and a high impact in the kingdom and things start going wrong? you start to doubt. He was in prison, locked up in his COVID season. Instead of having the opportunity to get closer to God through revelation and clarity and just having him a worship service like Peter and him did to, to, and see the jail shake, he, he, was, he, was, he was doing what they say psychologically criminals do. Criminals think about the, thing, the, the people they were maybe offended by and they meditate on them for years, and they come out and they do a crime. John had, been, had sat there, I'll prove it in a second, and meditated on all he believed about Jesus and thought to himself, Jesus done left me in prison. That's sorry. That, I, I'm, the, I'm, I'm your guy. I, I got you started. I gave you some of my disciples. It's like his picture of him being the word made flesh is getting obscured and his witness has now diminished. And now he's in prison saying, well, y'all go find out if he's really the one or should I wait on another? The number one job of the enemy is to blind your mind lest you see the glorious light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And here is John, the greatest, according to Jesus, the greatest man has ever lived, born of the Holy Spirit, but he is having a fight with doubt. I'm going to tell you, you have your day when you have a fight with doubt. You will have a fight with doubt. I don't know what to believe. And he goes back, say, find out from Jesus. This is, but he gives us the secret. In order to get out of doubt, you've got to go back to the source. He said, can y'all go ask Jesus, is he the one or should we be waiting on somebody else? Jesus said, tell him the lame are walking, the deaf are hearing, 
The blind, their eyes are being opened. The poor are having the gospel spoken in them. The dead are being raised. And he says, blessed is every man who's not offended by me. Send that back to John. Because John's problem of failing to witness anymore is my problem. He got offended that Jesus did not establish the kingdom the way he thought he ought to establish the kingdom. Didn't move forward like he, and you find this all when you study that word, it meant to be put a stumbling block in someone else's way. He, he was trying to figure out if I should, hey, look, am I thinking right? Got doubt. Doubt is infectious. And whenever Jesus does not follow our plan, our way, with our timeline, we can get offended like John and fail to witness. That's what I call the yellow light. Doubt will slow you down. It's neither red, it's not green, it's just in the land of do nothing. You neither part nor productive. You're just in there. How many of you feel slow to slow motion? Could it be that you have a tainted revelation? You have a tainted revelation of the word of life. I am telling you before we do these, because I'm out of time, I'm telling you before I do this last verse really quickly that you are, the enemy is trying to dupe you about life and it'll paralyze you and slow you down. But hear this conclusion when you get it, how you should think. Look, verse 9, let's read it together. I'll read it. It says, the true light that gives light or enlightenment to everyone. There's not some people. For that which may be known about God is manifest in them, according to Romans. But God has shown it unto them, even as eternal power and Godhead. Um, uh, uh, so they, they are without excuse. For the, for the invisible attributes of God are clearly seen, being understood through the things that are made. Verse 10, he was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. Like he's everywhere, giving light to everyone. Verse 11, he came to his own. That should be simple. He came to his home is the original text, the way it says, and his own people did not receive him. Verse 12, but to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children of the light, children of life, heirs and joint heirs with Christ, being called sons of God, not just creations of God, to be in his life in a more permanent, non-finite way. Verse 13, who are born not of blood. This is not who you're, that you were born Jewish or your ethnicity or, or your bloodline because your mama was in and you're in, your daddy was in, your great-grandmama was in. You don't get born again because your great-grandmama. 
uh, nor the will of flesh. It's because you do the right stuff. I'm born again because I do the right stuff. That, that's a James Lowism. I, th- I thought, I didn't, I used to tell God, I don't need the grace, you know, I do the right stuff. I accept you. Good, the grace is for other people. See, I was at that yellow light, knew the right information, poor revel- uh, revelation of how to apply it to my life. Nor the will of man, you know, I got a good priest, I got a good preacher, I go to a good church, they got a good system, I'm in the life groups. I do no ordinary love. I do love in action. I tithe. You get born again because of God. Him alone. Him alone. What I want you to help you understand is you may have been parked in the wrong place. I want to read one scripture to you as a close. And it's just going to take you to stand to your feet. And you at home, I want you to listen to this if you're taking notes. I'll conclude and I'll, I'll stay in John, John 3. Perhaps you're this. Let's read one of the most famous scriptures ever to bring home green light. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, his eternal son, his preexistent son, his uncreated, creative son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life, the life source from the life giver. Makes more sense, doesn't it now? He did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. He's not trying to take life away from you and light away from you. He's not trying to hurt you. He's not trying to leave you out in the, in the desert place. But in order that the world might be saved through him, he wants everything he created to be redeemed in every one. Verse 18, whoever believes in him is not condemned. To get the green light, you must believe. Whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has believed, because he has not believed in the name of the Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world And the people love darkness rather than light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wickedness hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true true comes to the light so that it may be clear, clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. The beginning of a new year is a great opportunity to move from red and yellow to green. Some of us have lost the clarity of the revelation of the word of life, become flesh, the deity of God. And the humanity of God just opposed against our humanity makes us think that God has some type of frailty or limitations. But the God we serve is fully God and fully manifests as man, eternal in the heavens. And he has a plan for you and me. And that plan is written in every breath you breathe, and every time you open your eyes, and every time you listen to anything, feel or touch anything, 
he's telling you, I want you to have light in life. And life is in me. Perhaps today, no matter how long you believe you've known God, doubt has come in. For some of you, rejection, pure rejection of that truth has come in. And today you need to get it right. Here's what I know, that a lot of times we say we're saved, and it's only a self-proclamation based on verse 13, that you, it's, you believe it's by the will of man or by the will of the flesh. You think it's something that you've done, but you don't have a true revelation of who the Son is. And today I know that He's giving you a more clear revelation. Maybe you've had it wrong, or maybe you've never had it right. But today, Jesus is inviting us to get it right. Bow your head, close your eyes, even at home. And I want no one looking around because I'm going to give you the opportunity for a holy moment with Jesus and you and Jesus alone. It's a moment that I offer to you, that he offers to you every day because he brings this light to every man. Do you actually believe that God became man in Jesus Christ? Lived the life we should have lived, died the death we should have died in our place? That he was raised from the dead and now he offers salvation to everyone who repent and believe? If you've been doubting, I want to pray for you. If you've been rejecting, I want to pray for you. And so on three, if you've had doubt or if you rejected that message, you want to accept it today. On three, I want you to be brave because nobody's looking but me. I just want you to raise your hand, even at home. No one looking at home. If you drive and stop. One, two, three. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put them down. Lord, I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that you would help all of us. And we're all going to pray out loud together. Say this under your breath. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you're the eternal Son of God. You were preexistent. You exist in the Godhead. No one created you. You are eternal. You are light. You are life. You are mine. I believe in your sinless life. I believe that you took my sins and you died on the cross. I believe that there was no guilt in you. God raised you from the dead. You have the power to give me eternal life when I confess you as Lord of my life. So I confess today, Jesus, the Word of God, Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus, the light of the world, and the Word of life, you are mine and you are Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God praise? Give God glory. Give God honor. You are now in the ultimate green light. Nothing can stop you from the life God has planned for you. God bless you.